Welcome to High on the Hog with Meryl Schindler and co-hosts Joanna Belson and Janice Hardoon. This is a podcast about all things cannabis. Tune in every week as Meryl, Joanna, and Janice discuss the medical benefits of CBD and THC products with each other, as well as with informed guests from the cannabis industry and the lawmakers who regulate it. Welcome to part two of High on the Hogs special edition. Meryl, Janice, and Joanna are on location at the CBD Social in Santa Monica. Today, we're going to pick up where we left off in the middle of the conversation with Sharon Barrett. You are a wealth of information. <laughs> I want to leave leave some room yeah. for questions here, but but um, hold, hold on the questions. I, I would like to bring up Alan Siskind, if, if you don't mind, because we, we want to mention that this stuff isn't just for humans. It also does amazing stuff for animals. That's where we have um, Quite brilliant stuff. Um, uh, half of my veterinary team is here, and I know I know your husband has said he's working on. But if he told me about it, I had to sign a non-disclosure, and if I revealed it, he'd have to kill me. So um, you know, I, we we know that it's really out there, Alan. You, your company, I believe, is Dog News. Right. Dog okay. News Daily. Okay. Hold that closer. Um, is uh, you're you're dealing with CBD THC for pets? Correct. Okay. What have you found it does? Uh, most everything is anecdotal, and if I were if I were a veterinarian, I wouldn't be allowed to be up here talking about CBD because it's still against the law in California for veterinarians to even reference CBD in their practice, let alone recommend it. Hold it to the side. This side, okay. Uh, starting in January of next year, however, vets will be able to discuss cannabis and CBD with their patients, but will not be able to prescribe it. Uh, so everything that you'll hear is based on anecdotal evidence or studies being done in Colorado at the University of Pennsylvania and at Cornell. And from what everybody's been able to tell is that CBD, especially CBD that is combined with the cannabis portion of um, the marijuana plant instead of uh, the hemp portion, uh, seems to show great promise as a pain reliever in dogs, especially for osteoarthritis and other chronic types of pain. Um, speaking personally, my dog is now a 15-year-old Wheaton Terrier who's had 10 surgeries in her life and up until two years ago could hardly walk. And with the help of the experts at the California Animal Rehab Hospital uh, and the introduction of CBD into her daily diet, uh, she's now able to walk. She's you know, able to eat, and it looks as though hopefully she'll be around for another year or two, which is about two or three years longer than the life expectancy of a Wheaton Terrier. And this is not, um, um, you know, Purina brand CBD. Oh, no. I mean, this, this, is, this is human quality. Indeed, um, Shannon just showed me that on, on her brochure, it says for human and pet consumption. So this, this works... In both cases, though, I guess for a pet you'd have to uh, work down the. Well, that's why the there's only the there's only a, there's only a few products that have that icon on it, which are the microdose gold formula, which is our CBD dominant base oil that I started with when I first made it, and then the crystal formula, which has a little bit more THC. But on everything, we always say that starting with the gold formula. But animals have more, you know, dogs have more receptors than humans do. They're really receptive to cannabinoids. And, and they, you know, I, I thought that it's important that whatever you're giving your animal should be the same quality you would take yourself. 
Two weeks ago, I was at the Western Veterinary Conference and for three days sat in about 15 different seminars talking about pain management in pets. And in almost every seminar, cannabis or CBD was discussed in detail in almost every one of these seminars, um, either as an addition to current pharmacological pain relievers or as a substitute for them. Um, right now, there are about 125 companies in the pet industry producing over 500 different CBD products, primarily for dogs. And wow. This is which is phenomenal. A lot of these are human-based CBD products that they've just changed the packaging on and the dosing requirements and have um, relaunched them as pet, you know, approved, so to speak, uh, CBD products. Uh, I'd be hesitant, however, to give my pet any CBD product without doing as much research as possible. Um, speaking to veterinarians off the record who are more than happy to discuss CBD as long as it's not in the confines of their office, um, and also talking to veterinarians out of California who by law are allowed to discuss CBD and how it acts as a pain reliever for pets. But it's, it's a, a fascinating industry. It's growing by leaps and bounds, at least in the pet you know, marketplace. Human too. And I think human. we could have, oh, yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. And as far as pets go, two years ago at the annual Global Pet Expo, which is happening this month, uh, which is the largest pet industry trade show, there were three companies who had exhibit space to promote CBD. Uh, this year, there'll be 25. And this summer at the Super Zoo, there'll be over 60 companies who will be exhibiting and promoting their CBD products. Uh, if you'd like to get the names of all of these various companies, please see me after I speak and I'd be happy to give you my card and then send you the list of products. Uh, I'm not recommending any, but it's a good place to start uh, doing your own research. Alan, into what, the is your, what is your um, website? It's uh, alan at dognewsdaily.com and we'll be launching a pain specific website later this month uh, called petpainrelief.org. And 40% of it will be discussing the efficacy of CBD, and the other 60% will um, discuss big pharma um, products as well as Eastern medicine, including um, both massage therapy and acupuncture, which is gaining popularity within the pet world and shows great promise in helping to reduce and pain. And we, we love our pets and we won't do anything <laughs> for them. I think before we open up for questions, Shannon, you had one more thing you want to add? Yeah, I, um, I, this is a good time to plug that I'm gonna be back with Meryl, I think on the 15th of March, and we'll be doing a full episode where we'll be able to- High on the hog. You know, high on the hog, we'll be able to, it's gonna be more in depth, we'll go into a lot of different things. But one of the things I just wanted to say is that Every, you know, there's, there's a quote from Raphael Meshulam that I love, which is there's not a system, there's not a physiological system in the human body in which endocannabinoids don't play a certain part, right? That, and that's a huge statement. And, and one of the things with all the products that are out there and everything going on, it, you don't know what to look for. And there's a big component missing. And so we were launching Canication, which is a nonprofit platform for free cannabis education, delivery methods, cannabinoids, nurse consults. Um, we've moved that model over. And, and it's for you to know, how do you know if a shop you're in is licensed? 
what can you ask? Because if you just ask and they tell you, that's not the best thing. And how to look and read a certificate of analysis. We want you to be able to understand and feel informed and look at that you know, information. So That's amazing for a person yeah. who just a few years ago was basically falling to pieces. Oh, yeah. Crumbling. We, we've got, we want to open up for a lot of questions. You were the first person to raise your hand. So, Stephanie. Yeah. Speak, speak into the side. Okay, perfect. So I have, oh, Sorry. there it is. Um, I have a twofold question. One of them comes from listening to the show. Um, in one of your episodes, you talked about how THC um, facilitates um, transmission to the receptors. Mm -hmm. And so my curiosity is then CBD without THC, how does that, because I think you mentioned peppermint also being another mm -hmm. one that transmits. So I'm just curious how CBD without THC works. And then can I ask my, my other one, because it might be linked, is um, I don't smoke, but whenever you walk into the dispensaries, there's a million strains, and each strain is good for mm -hmm. you know, a variety of things. And when they talk about CBD, they don't really mention, I mean, there's CBD, but they don't mention what specific trains it's, strains it's made of, and why isn't there CBD of each specific strain that helps for each different ailment? That's my question. Well, so the a question. It is a question. Well, CBD as a cannabinoid does not bind to receptors on its own. It does need THC to effectively do that. Uh, and I, I asked the same question <laughs> as far as, and that's why every single one of my products says the strain on it, because I think that's the most important thing. If you, I, I didn't get the one, my one, uh, I, I wish I could have come up with the names. I don't get to choose them, <laughs> but we, we recognize them because they are, if, if something works for you, you want to know why. And, and so CBD um, on its own or THC on its own it's good to know where it's coming from so that is the strain so it's something that I will say once it, I don't think strains are required with track and trace but I you know I'm hoping that there'll be more transparency so you'll know if it's coming from it so for instance batch number and track and trace. yeah it's just the batch number but you know but I, that, that is why I found it to be very important to include so what the is strain. the strain of the one in your other bottle in your hand Ringo's gift so Ringo's gift uh, was a strain developed by Lawrence Ringo uh, he was a pioneer in 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 cultivation and he passed away a few years ago but Ringo's gift was a cross between two strains CBD dominant strains Harley Sue and ACDC um, that's not the Ringo that comes to mind. I know. <laughs> it's a common one. <laughs> uh, questions? Go for yes, them. here we go. Uh, I, I'm curious about two things. This is uh, the first question is in relation to the last answer that you provided. So you said that CBD needs T THC in order to bind with receptors. But you have t CBD products that are just CBD products. Then how are they working, or are they not effective? Well, it's not. You know, there, there's another thing when it comes to CBD, and this is where I've always stayed in my lane to a certain, uh, in a certain respect, where. It, you know, it's not that it can't be beneficial on a therapeutic level, it's just that the difference is the therapeutic windows. That when you are dealing with uh, single molecular hemp uh, CBD products, you're dealing with a very narrow therapeutic window. So again, it comes back to my original statement where if you are treating conditions and looking for alternatives to medicine, like you know, an actual medicine dose you take, 
you want to know you have to get that dose right and 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 that's a very hard thing to do when it's when it's single molecule or hemp it's not that it can't be beneficial or therapeutic in some way but when you are looking in this in this way to have a, an alternative to medicine you do want to know that there is a little THC but a misconception is that THC is going to cause a high or psychoactive right and and CBD actually one of its great traits is it counteracts the psychoactive part of the THC I call it the Narcan of cannabis like it's yeah, if you're if you if you take it's a little too antidote, much THC, yes. you can take a little more CBD and start to counteract it. So it's something where it's just a misunderstood cannabinoid, and it's starting to get a lot of like the fear around it, where people think, oh no no no, and this isn't a, we call it a non psychoactive formula because it doesn't induce you know, the high that is is seen with THC, but that little 0 .04 milligrams in a capsule, or yeah, 0 .04 milligrams THC is not is not relevant for getting high but it's necessary to make that cbd work to its full potential we are thankful to the small handful of doctors that are busy doing proper research on this without them and i, I refer against israel without all those doctors we'd really be in the um in the deep weeds here and we're, we're still we're, we're we're in a deep lawn instead of deep weeds you've had you had a second question you said Yes, I'm just very curious about the mechanism of action mm -hmm. of CBD and THC well, and why it works. Well, so that, that comes back to where we produce our own cannabinoids, which are endocannabinoids, right? So I think they say it's like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? It's like, we don't have an endocannabinoid system to smoke weed, right? Like, that's not why we have it. It just so happens that we produce endocannabinoids and we have in this system, the endocannabinoid system is one of like the largest central computing systems for your body. I refer to it as the biggest missing puzzle piece in medicine. It is, it, it, me, medical books will need to be rewritten to include the endocannabinoid system, period. Uh, every condition that is uh, put into the autoimmune category or is the we don't know, or I mean, John Hopkins came back on biopsies I had and said, we don't know. <laughs> like, you know, for, you know the, the, the things that are just the perple most perplexing in medicine are, are already showing and have been you know, linked and suggested to a dysfunction or imbalance within the endocannabinoid system. Its main job is regulating balance throughout every major system in your body, temperature control, metabolism, hormones, every single aspect of your body is regulated by this. Now, things that can deplete your endocannabinoid levels like stress, I use the example, my mom had pneumonia when I was born. That could be the most stressful entry into this world. Another fact people don't realize, we talk about breast milk being so important, and we talk about passing immunity. A thing that's not talked about is endocannabinoids are passed through the breast milk. There's critical things happening in different phases of life, and these things could set you off. So if there's an imbalance or a dysfunction within the system, it could play out in a lot of different ways, right? So we have these receptors that are throughout our central and peripheral nervous system, and when you take a dose of, of a cannabinoid, it's working off of those receptors, and then it goes to work for you. And, and, and they're considered, you know, it's, it's a modulating system and cannabinoids are, are modulating. So if you have an imbalance, it helps to bring it to balance, whether it's high or low. It's not just causing something to go higher, like a blood pressure to go higher or a blood pressure to go lower. It, it focuses on the balance. You know, it, it's amazing to look back through history and there are probably a nearly infinite number of situations where there was a terrible resistance to something that eventually became so standardized. Um, when the potato first arrived from South America, people in Europe wouldn't eat them. Mm -hmm. 
and and there was a reason for that. Uh, the the leaves on top are poisonous. It's, it's a part of the nightshade family. Um, there were riots over over tomatoes. No one wants to eat tomatoes. Um, there was incredible resistance to the smallpox vaccine. As I recall, it was a, um, um, a French or German royal who eventually went in to have it done and didn't didn't die. But you know, here there's incredible resistance to what that goes further back. what's growing and it will be accepted um i think we have another question right here um, i'm just happy to answer any questions oh i'm sorry but i did uh, um what you were talking about about the cbd binding to re to receptors from my experience it um the cbd does uh bind to receptors they're just in different parts of the body not in the central nervous system so um, they bind to a, a CB2 receptor is what it's called. So that's why it's, it works. But as you brought up the isolation, when you isolate the compound on its own, it doesn't have as vast a medicinal effect. So you want to keep it intact as an entourage. Yes, Stephanie, here you go. I'm just curious about CBD from hemp versus CBD from cannabis. Um, CBD from hemp is... Um, um, hemp seed technically is what they would categorize it as like one would be industrial and the other from cannabis cannabis is really juicy and it has a lot of cannabinoids so you can you'd get more CBD out of a uh, cannabis plant than, than you would from a hemp plant a molecule, a, mo a molecule I was taught a molecule is a molecule and a molecule of CBD from hemp is just the same molecule as a molecule from THC yeah, and as far molecule. as binding, um, if you're going to take, not use any THC whatsoever, there's been a lot of research and studies that other terpenes that are natural in the environment, such as a mint, will also help the CBD work through your receptors in the body and help them come back um, so that that will work. And what you're doing is trying to exponentially make the CBD get into your body quicker. I mean, I just read something where the endocannabinoid system was just recognized, I believe it was in 1992. Mm -hmm. So there's yeah. so much information that we're going to learn. And it takes like a village like this with everyone's aches and pains and what have you. And a tincture may be better for you and an mm -hmm. edible may be better for you. But it's going to take everyone coming back. And when we ask for like... Um, to please let us know or to let us know how it helped for you or if you took the sample to let us know because we have to make all that information because the United States government is doing nothing to help us but take our tax dollars. You know, it's kind of amazing when, when my, my wife, Mary, hello, Mary, um, uh, posted uh, the um, podcast on Facebook the number of responses we got with people, all the responses weren't just, what a good show. The responses were, I've got to tell you what my experience was. And they were all amazing. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a story. And the stories are almost across the board it's good stories. It's a whole continuum of stories that will break your heart to yeah. when you actually get someone feeling better and they're doing well, that it's an amazing thing. And I got really started with CBD because we had so many parents coming in for their kids and this was probably in 19, no, not 19, 2013, 14, when everything was starting. And I was nervous and went back, kept going back to my attorney because I didn't want to give kids anything with THC. So we really started working, and I started looking into more and more companies that would just do CBD because that's what I was comfortable with with them doing. And the, remar the results have been remarkable. I think, Lynn, you have something? 
I have a comment. We talked about chemo, and chemo is the everything. <clears throat> okay. So after World War II, there's a, there's a YouTube called The History of Cancer. And you'll be very disgusted when you read it in the context of all of this, because it really has to do with money and big pharma, about how, how chemo came into being and why everything else was discounted, and where cannabis and studies of any other modality of treatment went. So as long as you're doing research, The History of Cancer is a good one to give it's you a, a point of a reference. Book or is it a It's a YouTube video. Okay, because I know there's a book called The History of Cancer. It's about an hour. Yeah. It's in two parts. The book's about 1,200 pages. And it talks about it talks about the big pharma getting together with the um, government and who got discounted and who got included and how legislation came about. And today, the NIH won't allow the universities to get grants from the NIH if they introduce... This into they lose it. They're, they're 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 at fear for losing their grants. So that's what's happened in the research in the traditional system. For those fond of conspiracy theories, you got one here. Well, that that's where though you know when I work I work with patients that have a lot of I work with a lot of cancer patients. I now get direct referrals from UCLA Oncology. Like I, you know, bridging that gap and being able to explain how things are working. I don't take it upon myself to decide what a patient is going to do. I look at how can we help them? What can complement whatever they are doing? And, and we've had great success with that. You know, and, and as things further develop and they allow us to do more research, eventually one day you will be said, do you want to do radiation, told, do you want to do radiation, or asked, radiation, chemotherapy, or this cannabis protocol? We're not there yet and we're not close, but eventually that'll happen. Until then, we just look how we can work together. You should also, um, we just watched, there's a wonderful uh, documentary called Weed of the People, mm -hmm. uh, which we watch and actually talks about childhood cancers and uh, ch people have brain tumors and things mm -hmm. like that. And the, and the combination of it, it's not just one or the other, but it's a combination yeah. right now. And, or, and, and, that, and so it's really an interesting documentary just to kind of feed that world um, for children and adults. Well, I mean, kids are developing. And so yes. a lot of my pediatric patients, my youngest was nine months, and then I have a whole slew of pediatric neuroblastoma patients that I've worked with where you know they weren't responding well to treatment developmentally now things are being stunted the percentiles they're in and when you add in the cannabinoids i'm not claiming it cured their cancer i'm not saying any of that what i'm saying is that their response improved that their side effects decreased that they had better scans and things than they had had so there's something to be said but it comes with only from someone having an understanding of how to implement that i think we have time for um well or well, maybe two more questions Le liana from de la bouffe I just wanted to know, um, <laughs> we've been reading a lot of clinical studies as a company, and we've, we've been talking a lot about the endocannabinoid system here. I just wanted to note that CBD and THC do also affect your other receptors, like your opioid acceptor, receptors, which might like, be why CBD does work on its own, because a lot of studies have shown that the cannabinoids do work very well in your endocannabinoid system, but that is not the only place that they're doing work. And you'll find Liana and her bath products. Yes. Am I correct? Outside, where you can have fun mixing and matching as you wish. Well, and the way that cannot, you know, the the way that cannabinoids affect the opioid receptors is via the endocannabinoid system. So if uh, I get a lot of referrals from pain management doctors, so I get patients that are on slews of, just I mean, they're some of my most complex patients that I deal with, and. And, and the baseline way is that if we could, again, the whole synergistic approach to medicine, where if someone is put on a medication, like a, an opioid, and they are also put on a microdose CBD product, guess what? The chances of them building a tolerance and having dosage escalation or withdrawals 
diminishes significantly. We have a couple more questions here. Let's bring it to Connie. Hello, Connie, in from New York. Hi, yes. Connie, from New York. Hi. Um, <laughs> I, I just wonder, how, how would we know if there's any um, contraindications or, or damage that could be caused to people with stage four liver disease or certain heart diseases? Well, the, 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 this is where I always say that, you know, I, I, that's why we have um, the nurse consult model, because nurse consults have always been something available through my company at no charge, because I feel like you have, you have a question about a medication, you should be able to ask it and not pay for it, right? And, and that was a big thing for me. I've moved that over to the Canication platform, but before we have that consult, you might have stage four liver disease or you might have cardiac issues, but if that's the focus, I need to know the history, right? So that, that's why we have a very in-depth patient intake questionnaire that's completed prior to a consult because there's other factors and things that are in there and 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 what's possible. So and and I, I I'm not in the business of false hope. So it's all about really having a comprehensive look and managing you know expectations and meeting you know the short term goals. Let's squeeze in one more from Zara. Zora. Zora, I'm sorry. Yes. Hi, yes, um, I just want to say I work with kids. I have a nonprofit. Um, we do serve therapy for kids with special needs. A lot of these kids have medical needs. I work with a lot of autistic kids. I work with kids who have epileptic seizures. Um, I have one of my little kids uh, is facing tremendous challenges. He has epileptic seizures up to 300 a day. Um, there is a little spray that is only available in uh, Colorado. She's never been on a plane, the mother. She's went, she went on a plane to get that spray. She had to smuggle it back into this country. There's paramedics standing around when the boy has a seizure. Um, if they were allowed to give him that spray, it's a little nose spray. He stopped seizing within seconds. There's paramedics crying, saying, if we had that stupid spray, we wouldn't have to wait for the mother. If we could address it, we could save lives with that. Um, I have more and more parents um, of these children going to alternative medicine, specifically cannabis treatments. I have mothers exchanging ideas, but it needs to be individually dosed. Mm -hmm. I mean, all these moms have become experts. It all goes through social media to find the exact doses of what helps their children. I mean, I have them building their own strands and experimenting it because it, it only works uniquely. And what I want to address to Yvette, actually, um, it is if you mix CBD with THC, even if it's just a hint or just a dream of it, the effect is not just doubled, it's multiplied. And that's why it works more efficiently. But uh, there are people like us, you, me, you, highly sensitive, who are very, very afraid of it. And sometimes you start out with CBD, and it may not do anything. And you go to a different product, and you realize now it's actually helping. But I think that's a, an ev evolution of yourself, that you have to go through that. Zora, thank you so much. You know, it, it, now we the people, you'll actually see people making uh, products on their, in their kitchens, on the stove. That's where I started. Yeah. Because they have to, they, have they to said right. I was breaking good, just like you know, like the show Breaking Bad. I was in there, and I was, I was just had my crock pot going, and that's where it started. You know. <laughs> um, look, I want to really thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, um, Janice. Thank you, Joanna. Thank you to everyone who made this happen. Thank you, of course, Joy and Mary and Barbara. This was just, just remarkable. I, I think our, our guests will be able to stick around and answer questions one-on-one. -on -one. And thank you all. Be sure to listen to High in the Hog, the podcast. It's a podcast. It's out there. It's, um, what, what's, the best, what's the best place to find it, Joanna? 
Uh, your best friend Google, as long as you say hi on the hog, the podcast, it'll come right up. It's on Apple iTunes. It's everywhere, but it should be easily found as long as you put the podcast with it. Meryl Schindler, I'll catch you next week on High on the Hog, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed our special edition of High on the Hog from the CBD Social in Santa Monica. Thanks for joining us. 